Well, I know for some of you, that song is not new. It's something that we have sung through the years, those of us who have been privileged enough to be in church for a long time. And that's not a bad thing, that's a good thing. It's an old hymn, and God inspired a lady all the way back in the 1800s, the late 1800s. And this lady became inspired and she wrote a poem, over a hundred verses in this one poem. And in that poem, different musicians heard the words and put together from that poem the songs that we hear today. One is the tell the old, old story or the old, old story of Jesus and his love. And, the, and, and we have a couple others in our hymnal from this same area. I was, yesterday, I was privileged uh, to be part of something. I really didn't know what to expect. I did somewhat, but Bill Maddox, many of you know Bill, uh, called me on Thursday, I believe it was, and he said, Frank, what are you doing Saturday? I was going, I don't know. He said, well, at three o'clock, I want you to come to First Christian. I said, okay. I said, what's going on? He said, we're going to have an ordination service. I said, okay. Uh, who are you ordaining? And he said, well, they're ordaining me. And I said, Bill, I thought you were already ordained. And he said, no, I've just been licensed all these years, but have felt, just have felt the need and, 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 and the church is going to ordain me. I'd like for you to be there. And I said, okay. Well, you know, Sandy came, and, and, and I went, and, you know, I, I didn't know if this was going to be a small thing, big thing, you know, and, uh, but I got there, and it was, it was just impressive to see all these people coming in on a hot Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock in the First Christian. And, and there were people from all over that was there, um, and uh, uh, pastors uh, from the community, and just for me, just the, my thrill of it, as I, I got there, I, I noticed that um, Brother Ken Hawley, some of you might know Ken, um, was leading the ordination. And then a, a, another black minister from Clouston was preaching the, uh, the ordination. And then they had all the ministers come up front and sit in the choir loft, which was quite a thing. Um, but, uh, you know, but while I was there, I, don't, I love to hear black, black preachers preach. And I don't get to hear that very often. Uh, I, you know, I don't get to hear that very often. And, and, and I know he was a little loud, wasn't he, Ms. Ann? He, he was a little loud. But, but let me tell you, if you heard him. I mean, you heard him. But I tell you all of this. Because he was reminding Bill and he was reminding me that there's still a story to tell. Amen. There's still a story to tell. I noticed this morning, and I'm not picking on him, but I noticed this morning that Paul was talking about a little scrimmage game that took place yesterday up in Gainesville. And all over the SEC, other teams were doing the same thing. And they were playing different players and how this one was going to do. And I'm sure today at a lot of churches, a lot of men are talking about, man, this one looked good, that one, and, you know, talking about all those different players. Guys, we still have a story to tell, amen? There's the story of Jesus 
I know some of you are thinking, well, it's an old story. Yes, it is. But let me tell you something. It is a story that still can change people's lives. Amen? And I want to read you a story. It's, it's long. You're going to say, Brother Frank, couldn't we do this some other way? But I want to read a story to you found in the book of John, chapter 4. And I'm going to begin with verse 5. It's long. You're going to wonder if I ever get done. But this is a story that I want to read this morning. So Jesus came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the property that Jacob had given his son, or had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, worn out from his journey, sat down at the well. It was about six in the evening. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Give me a drink, Jesus said to her, for his disciples had gone into town to buy food. How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? She asked him, for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him and he would give you living water. Sir, said the woman, you don't even have a bucket, <laughs> and the well is deep. So where do you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave us the well and drank from it, as did his sons and livestock. Jesus said, everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again, but whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again, ever. In fact, the water I will give him will become a well of water springing up within him for eternal life. Sir, the woman said to him, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and come here to draw water. Go call your husband, he told her, and come back here. I don't have a husband, she answered. You have correctly said, I don't have a husband. Jesus says, for you have five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. Sir, the woman replied, I see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worship on this mountain, yet you Jews say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus told her, believe me, woman... Jesus told her, believe me, woman, an hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know because salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming. It is now here. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship Him. God is spirit. And those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to Him, I, I, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When He comes, He will explain everything to us. 
Verse 26, I am he, Jesus told her, the one speaking to you. Just then his disciples arrived and they were amazed that he was talking with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then the woman left her water jar, went into town and told the the men, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They left the town and made their way to him. But in the meantime, the disciples kept urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said, I have food to eat that you don't know about. The disciples said to one another, could someone have brought him something to eat? My food is to do the will of him who sent me to finish his work, Jesus told them. Don't you say they are still four months? Then comes the harvest. Listen to what I'm telling you. Open your eyes and look at the fields. For they are ready for harvest. The reapers are already receiving pay and gathering fruit for eternal life. So the sowers and the reapers can rejoice together. For in this case, the saying is true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap what you didn't labor for. Others have labored and you have benefited from their labor. Now many Samaritans from the town believed in him because of what the woman said when she testified. He told me everything I ever did. Therefore, when the Samaritans came to him, they they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there Two days. Many more believe because of what he said. And and they told the woman, we no longer believe because of what you said. For we've heard for ourselves. And now that this really is the Savior of the world. After two days, he left there for Galilee. And Jesus himself testified that a prophet had no honor in his own country. When they entered Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him because they had not seen anything he did in Jerusalem during the festival, for they also had have gone to the festival. Then he went again to Cana of Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son was ill at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judah and Galilee, he went to him and pleaded with him, to come down and heal his son, for, for he was about to die. Jesus told him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Sir, the official said to him, come down before my boy dies. Go, go Jesus told him, your son will live. The man believed what Jesus said to him and departed. While he was still going down, his slaves met him, saying that... His boy was alive. He asked them what time he got better. Yesterday at seven in the morning, the fever left him, they answered. And the father realized this was the very hour in which Jesus had told him, Your son will live. Then he himself believed, along with the whole household. This, therefore, was the second sign Jesus performed after he came from Judah to Galilee. Now, you might ask, Brother Frank, why did you read all that? I believe in that story that we just read. 
is an example to me and to us of the old, old story that we need to tell people today. What did Jesus do? Jesus held a conversation. He held a conversation with the lady. Oh, there were many in that day would look upon that and said, Oh, no, you're not supposed to do that. But Jesus held a conversation with a lady. That was one strike. But she was also a Samaritan. You know, there are people today that we would say have strikes against them. But I want us to see this morning that the message of Jesus Christ is for everyone. The message of Jesus Christ is for the red, yellow, black, and white. Because they all are precious in his sight. It doesn't matter how dirty they are, how filthy they are, how bad they are. The message in the old, old story is for everyone. Many times, because of those things, we are the ones that stop to tell, stop and not tell the old, old story. Because we think, well, what are people going to say? What if they see me with that type of person? You know, Jesus didn't care. His disciples didn't even understand what he was doing. But he was sharing a story. You know, conversation is almost a lost art today. Having a conversation with someone. You know, sometimes maybe you're at a meeting, you're at a, uh, somewhere, and you meet someone that you have never met before. You know, a lot of times, well, where are you from? And they'll say, and especially if it's close to where maybe you lived, you say, oh, I know where that's at. And sometimes it ends right there. But then sometimes we go a little bit further. We say, oh, well, I was born over here. And we begin a conversation. And before long, we find out that we have a lot of different things in common. We learn about that person. And you know what? If we listen long enough, isn't it interesting what we can learn? I believe Jesus listened to this woman at the well. He listened to her and he could tell. Her situation. Guys, I believe today we do need, I know we've got things pressing upon us all different ways, but we need to take the time and have conversations with people. We also need to listen. Now, I don't know about you, and I, I struggle with this. Are you a good listener? <laughs> and I know, I know some of you say, well, it depends who's talking, but, but are you a good listener? You know, I believe today that is becoming more and more important to listen to people. It's amazing. I, I, I know sometimes, you know, as we listen, we can learn a lot of things. And then in learning those things, we can share them. Jesus was having a conversation. This conversation changed this lady's life. When she did go back into town, she told the men what took place. To the point that many of the men came back to see and to hear. You see, telling the story is important. But we also need to listen. Jesus listened to this woman. And because he listened, there was a respect there. There was a respect that, that, was, that developed in that story. You see, we need to bring life to others. 
And, and sometimes we need to be careful that we don't try to bring them something that, that people don't want. But people do need Jesus Christ. They might not think they need it at the time, but, but they need to see that the old story of Jesus Christ is one that is still vibrant and alive today. Wednesday night in our Wednesday night prayer meeting, one of the young men from St. Matt's asked for prayer, as they usually do each Wednesday night. But one shared, not in boasting, but in praise to God. He said, I pray and I am thankful and I ask that God would continue. But he said, I am nine months sober. Now, let me tell you something. That's, that's big. That's important. The story of Jesus hit him. The story of Jesus is changing his life. He is seeing the difference. You know, a lot of things today, we try a lot of different things today to change our lives. But why not try the story of Jesus? It's real. It's genuine. It will never, never let you down. That's why we need to be reminded of that story. It provides hope. It is amazing to see the people today at times where they feel like there is no hope. The story of Jesus can bring hope. How many times has the story of Jesus been described to us and how it gave hope to people throughout the Bible? Numerous, numerous times. In this congregation this morning, I also believe that the hope of Jesus, the story of Jesus, the hope of Jesus has given you what you need to continue. You see, we need to share that. The story provides hope. There's also a lot of people today who, who are haunted by abuse. Their life has not been easy. Their life has been hard. A lot of us in this room this morning in this first service, we have been blessed with parents who raised us in the Lord. But not everybody has been raised like that. Some people did not have parents like that. They were abused. They were passed around. They were told they were unwanted. They were told, I wish I didn't even have you. And that thought just keeps haunting them. But the old, old story tells you something, and that tells you that Jesus died for you. You are important to him. But you know, he also, our Lord, is to embrace us. And to also remind us that we are precious in his sight. I know Ms. Laura June is kind of loving her, that grandchild next to her this morning. And this morning, as I was talking to some other people, my grand. Kids say, hi, Grandpa. You know, that just means a lot, doesn't it? When your grandkids or your children are, are different ones, that's precious. But guys, I hope with you this morning that you can say that I know the old, old story. I've asked him into my life. I have accepted him as my Lord and Savior. But you know, this morning... I hope and pray that we can continue to tell the story. You know, children, little children, at night love to have a story read to them, don't they? 
Owen and Grant, I'm sure, like to have stories read to them. And, you know, most children do. And a lot of times, what happens after you read a child a story? They want, well, they go to sleep. But, but many times, you know, they, they, they'll, they'll, they'll say, but, but mama, daddy, can you read one more? Can you read one more? They always want one more, don't they? And even though you've read them that story 47 times, you know, they say, but can you read it one more? Please. But it seems like when you read it for that very last time, it seems to fin off the ghost and petrify the goblins and trounce the monsters, and it just seems to ease them off, and they go to sleep. That's why this morning I think it is so important for us not to give up. Maybe... Maybe they're not crying out for it one more time, but oh, maybe they need it one more time. Does the story of Jesus ever get old? Maybe we need to keep telling that story, because maybe when we tell it that one more time, that one more, one more, they will see the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. They will accept it with their hearts. They will see how it can give them a shield of power, how it can give them a peace of mind, how it can give them the ability to take a next step in the morning. You see, it's a story of hope. It's a story of truth. It's a story of everlasting love. And people need that story. You see, there's a lot of people today who said, well, you don't need this and you don't need that. But we need the story of Jesus. Some of you in biblical history have read about a German theologian, Diedrich Bonhoeffer. Now, I know for some of you that name means nothing. But Diedrich Bonhoeffer was a, was a pastor in the 30s, 1930, during the time that Hitler was in power and Dietrich Bonhoeffer saw what was happening in Germany. And he knew that Hitler was trying to take over the churches and he preached. Well, he came to America not to escape but to, to share what was happening in Germany and how the churches were under so much pressure. Well, when Dietrich Bonhoeffer was, was in America, many times he was in New York. And when he came... now. Even in that day, New York had a lot of churches. And, you know, and a lot of people would love to have Diedrich Bonhoeffer in their church. Well, he would always go to this African-American church in Harlem. And a lot of people said, well, why would you go to that church? When you've got this one and then this one and this one, they would point to all the churches. And this is what he said. He said, in New York... They preach about virtually everything. Only one thing is not addressed or is addressed so rarely that I have as of yet been able to hear it. Namely, the gospel of Jesus Christ. The cross, sin, and forgiveness, death, and life. He said, I'm going to a church that is preaching that. I want us to see the story of Jesus is needed in this world like it's never been before. And for some, when you cherish, when you share that story, to them, it's going to be like they had never heard it before.
Because for some, it is new. It is new. It, for some, it is something they've never heard. And oh, how precious. Oh, how precious it would be to tell someone who have never heard that story. Even though you've heard it umpteen times. But why is it that sometimes some of us watch certain movies umpteen times? Could quote the script. We could quote what the actor is going to say before he says it. Because it's special to us. Shouldn't this story be special? I urge you this morning. We need that old, old story of Jesus. And we need His love for us. For this world that is groaning. Oh, is it groaning. And what does it need? It needs the story of Jesus. Let's pray. Christian 70, Father, Lord, I thank you for your word this morning. I pray, Lord, that we would see that in our churches and in our communities, even though we think everybody's heard, that we need to tell that story. We heard the story this morning of this Samaritan woman who was at the well and met the Messiah. How she had heard that her life could be changed. I pray this morning that we also would come to that well that can provide an everlasting supply of water. Lord, I pray that we would tell the stories of Jesus, of those unseen things above. And Lord, that people would hear it and accept it and come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask this in your Son's